Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Well, welcome back to the pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here across from me, as always, is my co-host right. and cohort, Victor Adams. Sorry I missed last uh, episode, man. Oh, it was man. a busy, it's, busy week. It is, man. Yeah. Holy Week, Easter, all that stuff. You got your pastels on, so you're That's looking right. very Eastery. So. I'm in the flow, as you say. Right. right. And we're going to jump into that, how Easter was for you and, and for me and all the experiences and everything we're going to talk about in the show here in a minute. But I wanted to jump in first and just say... Um, a couple of things. One, it's less than a month till we're going to Israel with Father Larry. Um, they have alerted me that we're down to the final days. Like, this is it. Either get people in that want to go or yeah. we're cutting it off because they got to ticket people and all that stuff. So we're at that point. If you're someone who wants to go to Israel and on the pilgrimage with Father Larry and I, then, you know, please join us. We got a lot of people that are going. It's going to be awesome. Father's jacked up about it. I'm jacked up about it. I guarantee you're going to have an awesome time with us. But more importantly, walking in the footsteps of Jesus and with all these other wonderful pilgrims from all over the country and the world, they're going to be joining us. So if you want to do that, go to our website, justagownthepew.com, go to the events and book me page, click the pilgrimage part there and uh, and, and sign up with, Pil- with Select. Or you can call Select International Travel and tell them you want to go on the pilgrimage with John Edwards and Father Larry, and you can talk to Jane directly and she'll get you fixed up. So a few spots left, but we're getting down to the brass tacks and time to go or, or not go. A uh, couple other things I want to discuss real quick is the men's group training. Guys, we still have some availability for this uh, th- this year. We are filling up very quickly and even booking into 2024 to come to parishes and help start these groups. We've just so much of this is spread of what, what the Lord's doing through this ministry and how we're trying to be these modern-day Pauls going in with boots on the ground into your parish to help you. Right, Not just to send you a, a book or to send you a DVD set, but to go into your parish and help you with a parish mission that will bring people into the understanding of their identity and and healing and, and, and just restore all sort of things with them and God and bring them into the understanding that, man, I don't need to do life alone and, and put them in a place to have an authentic relationship with Jesus first and foremost and with other men. And we're not just talking about sitting in the room and watching a video. We're talking about getting out and doing four different things in your faith, speaking to the wholeness of a man, and growing in a real relationship with your brothers that will not only change you and them, but also your parish. It's going to inspire the women and the children and everyone in your parish to rise up and live that life as well. So if you're interested in that, if you're a guy out there that wants something like you hear Victor and I talk about all the time on the show, then go to our website, just go on the pew. There's a book me page. At the bottom, there's a form you can fill out, or there's a place where you can actually click on the men's stuff, and then you could fill out something there. Set up a call with me, and we'll pick a date, a time, and then get all the marketing and everything ready for you. It's really a turnkey thing, a white glove experience from the end, beginning to the end, to help you get going and allow the Holy Spirit then to take that group and do with it what they will, what it will in your parish. So one last thing before we jump in the show here. Thank you to all of you that donated. Uh, through Easter and through Lent, we got a lot of new donations. We've had people increase their donations. And you know, people ask me all through Easter, I love what you guys did, taking us on this journey through all these different topics. How can we help you? I want to help. Well, there's two ways. One, if you need a men's group, invite us because that revenue from coming in and doing those missions and doing all that helps support us. But two, monthly donations. 
Honestly, that's the best way to help us is become a monthly donor, whether that's five bucks a month, a hundred bucks a month, a thousand dollars a year, whatever it is, that wouldn't be a monthly thing a year, but whatever you want to do a month, that helps because that allows us just like, I hate to talk about ministry like a business, but at the end of the day, there's a business aspect to it. And to be able to know what you can do and how you can move forward and how you can grow, you have to know what kind of money you have to work with. And the only way we know that is just like any other business to have monthly money coming in so you can you know, form a budget. You know what's going out, you know what's coming in, you know what you can afford. And so as the Lord is calling us to do more and more, we have to know what we have so we can continue to answer that call and say, yes, Lord, we, we can do that. We can move forward with your plans now. So, you know, a lot of it's trust, but we're trusting the Lord that he'll continue to bring us more donors and more people that want to give back that have been helped by what we're doing. So if that's you, then please go to our website uh, and there's a donate button at the top just to get on the pew.com. You can donate there or you can go directly to www.donorbox.org pew and you can become a monthly donor there. It, it even uses Apple Wallet and all those technical things I don't know anything about that make it easy for you to donate monthly. But again, we appreciate all you that have been donating, all you that are thinking about it, and all of you that will. Thank you, and, and, and thank you for your support ahead of time. So, Vic, man, it has been a Lent and a half uh, and a Holy Week that was awesome. How was your mm-hmm. Holy Week to start off It was off good. With? I mean, like you said, busy. Um, I wasn't able to do everything because just need to be at the house and everything. Sure. But, but what I was able to get to, I was able to get to. So yeah. I always enjoy, you know, Monday Thursday, you know, service. And then I like going from that 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock hour because I feel that's like right when Oh, sitting with happens. Jesus. Yeah, that's yeah, like midnight. that's when yeah. that's when he was taken, you know. Sure. So, yeah. yeah, We I didn't get to do as much of that. But I, I tell you what, I – I entered into Holy Week, and and I'd been struggling personally with just mm-hmm. some things in ministry, and you know the devil just keeps showing up and hitting at those same places, and you know it's no different for you and I than it is anyone else that listens. You know, I think sometimes people think just because you're on a camera and you say some things that help people that you're you're impervious to the wiles of the devil, but we're not. And I just go to ask the Lord. I said, look, for whatever reason, I'm having a hard time right now. And even a lot of the tail end of Lent, I didn't really even feel his presence, right? And I just was trying so hard and doing a lot of things to stay dialed in, but I just didn't feel him, right? And we talk a lot about how the faith isn't about feelings. It's about truth. And um, But I I just – before Holy Week started, I was like, Lord, let me enter. Like as you enter into Jerusalem, let me enter in this week with you and let me feel Mm -hmm. what you're feeling and let me walk with you and – you know, just really felt like how many times in my life that I felt like he wasn't with me that he really was. And I wanted to try to pay him back by being with him as much as I could be through Holy Week, um, just in the midst of it. So as we got to uh, Holy Thursday, like you were talking about, um, I just started after the after the Holy Thursday Mass. We stayed after and sat with him, kept watch with him for a while with the kids. But when I got home, I just decided I want to start reading through the passion, mm-hmm. the passion narratives through the different Gospels. Um, and so I started that before I went to bed Thursday night. And then on Good Friday, I went to the Good Friday, first of all, Stations of the Cross. Mm-hmm. And I just told Angela, I said, by the time this is over at 1 o'clock, we're going to have to be right back here at 3. We're going to need to get here early so we can wind up getting a seat. So I'm just going to stay. And I've never done that before. So I sat there from Stations all the way through the end of the Good Friday service and and uh, or the Passion of the Lord uh, service. And, man, I just sat in that empty church, stripped of the altar and everything, and then I went and sat in, you know, in, where he was mm-hmm. reposed in, in there with him again and back into the church, and I was 
just reading, and I was reading through these narratives and read all four of the Gospels and what happened. And you know, obviously, John's more descriptive than the others, but just really try to enter into it. Angel and I that morning before we went to stations watched the Passion of the Christ and really watched it like no turning away, no holding back tears, just watching all of that, the flesh being ripped and the beating and the torture in his face, just all of that. Mm-hmm. And it really helped me to enter in in a way that I haven't in a long time. And so as I was reading through some of those verses, I went back in John in particular and started even before the Last Supper, you know, I went back to chapter 12 and started reading and you know, there was this one verse that stuck out to me, and it's under the the the, the part of that chapter is entitled the, the Unbelief of the People. And it's where Jesus is really talking about, like, I'm going to have to be raised up, and, you, you know, people aren't getting it. And it's John quotes Isaiah in there and talks about how the things Jesus was saying was a callback to Isaiah. Mm. Um, and then shortly after that, as that chapter 12 concludes, it says this. It says, Nevertheless, many... Even of the authorities believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess it for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than the praise that comes from God. And man, when I read that, it's just like, okay, that's what we're doing a show on next week. Um, just this this idea that, because I know Easter's going to be over and Christ is going to resurrect and we're all going to be out there Easter egg hunting and all those things. And then you're going to kind of get up Monday morning. Okay, what's next? And even though we still continue the Easter season, let's be honest, for a lot of us, Easter's over on Easter Sunday Mm -hmm. in our hearts and our minds. We're on to the next thing. We're back on to our jobs. We're on to springs here. The kids will be out of school soon. Graduation planning, all this stuff that's natural you know, human inclinations to sort of, okay, this is done. Let me move on to the next thing. But Easter and Lent and Holy Week can't be some thing we put in a box like decorations and put in the closet until next year. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's meant to be something that changes our life. And, and so oddly enough, when I was thinking about this, we were at mass yesterday morning, you were at 1030 mass too for Easter and father Gallagher and his homily started talking about witnesses. And, And I was like, man, this is what it's calling us to is, is that we've got to be witnesses to the faith. And, you know, that that line in particular in that verse, um, that last line where it says, for they loved human praise more than praise that comes from God, it really just hit me because it, is this how we're going to be, mm-hmm. right? Is this how I'm going to be? When Sunday's over, am I just going to go back to like, well, that's all good and dandy, but I'm not really going to share what I know and what I've witnessed? Because we did. Even though we weren't physically there 2,000 years ago, we just went through, if you were engaged in Holy Week the way that we've all tried to be, then you really witnessed something, right? It's the living Word of God. We witnessed it again. And if you're 44, or Victor, you're what, 45? Wish. 40, 46? 47. 47, yeah. okay. Well, then for 47 years, yeah. whether, you know, being Catholic or not being Catholic before for both of us, we've, we've witnessed the passion of Christ mm-hmm. in one way or another. So... Is this going to be the year we allow it to be like, you know what, now I'm going to go out and be a true witness in my life, and I'm going to go out and live this, because, or am I going to turn out like it says here, that I want to, but I'm afraid. Like It says these people believed in him, but because they didn't want to be put out of the synagogue, that and they loved human praise more than the praise of God, then they chose not to be good witnesses. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we're at right now, Victor, is like, it's the day after, and when this show comes out tomorrow on Tuesday, it'll be two days after, has life moved on for us and we're on to the next thing and just back on to the next task? Or are we going to go out and be these witnesses that we're called to be for Christ? Well, the, the word witness means that you saw something. 
like I saw something, so therefore I'm going to tell you what it is. And, and like all the Gospels are eyewitness accounts of what Jesus did for everybody. And it's a culmination of, of all the acts that Jesus has, has done and did. And so therefore, when you have someone's name like Zacchaeus, mm-hmm. okay, that is evidence that Zacchaeus said, yes, I was there, I'm Zacchaeus, this really did happen. Sure. And so when someone's name is tied into a gospel, it, it's like they were saying, like where like Luke did a lot of the, like, you know, the research, right? Sure. And John was a disciple, and Matthew was a disciple too. Like even in The Chosen, you see Matthew's character writing stuff down, you know? Yeah. As if he's like has to remember everything. And, you know, of course, you don't know how historical it is of Matthew and Jesus up there helping him out with the Sermon on the Mount, you know? But the thing is, witnessing is what we're all called to be if we love Christ. Yeah. And and that scripture that you said, I, I probably have read the gospel so many times, but I never that never stood out to me. Sure. Like many people heard him, loved him, believed in him, but were afraid to say anything. Yeah. So and you think about this, and I know I, I'm going back a little bit, That's but remember fair. remember Jesus at twelve years old was where? In the temple. He was in temple. And so they uh, they said, this 12-year-old knows so much. What is your name, son? I'm sure he said Jesus of Nazareth, right? Yeah. So just imagine 18 years later when he's 30 years old, comes back. There's got to be some Pharisees or somebody that recognized that name and said, that's that boy. Yeah. But yet, you know, I'm 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 interjecting a thought into a scripture sure. that's never really been, been documented. But the thing is, how was Nicodemus, how was other Pharisees who— probably believed that Christ was the Messiah, but then we're just kind of like lost a little bit in the story. Yeah, well, we know about Joseph of right. Arimathea and, and Nicodemus. Both had their hearts turned towards Christ, mm-hmm. but... and and well, there, there are others, too, that said that they right. leave him alone. But yeah. at the end of the day, they didn't stand right, up. Right, right. You know, I mean, they, they didn't stand up when they should have. And, you know, it makes me think, too, like, you know, are we going to be witnesses of the truth, mm-hmm. like bold witnesses of the truth, or are we going to be passive bystanders? Because you even look at, like, as you watch Passion of the Christ, and it makes it real when you're watching these things on film because it's just easier to see and to, you're not having to imagine things like you are when you're reading something. Mm-hmm. But you look, and it's like all these – there's always a crowd and all the all the depictions of this standing around, cheering, and it even says in scriptures they were taunting him, they were all these things. But how many people witnessed Jesus walking – with that with that crucifix on the way that cross on the way to to Calvary mm-hmm. falling and all those things and seeing what was happening how many people saw the sky darken up as he gave up his last breath and his life right. and you know and commended his spirit into the lord i mean into the father in heaven how many people saw the sky go black and the earthquake and the temple veil tear and all these things and go oh man like this is this dude was who he says he was mm-hmm. but didn't say anything like we hear one account in, in in there where it says one of the Roman yeah, soldiers this says truly, truly was this was the, the son, son of God. God. I mean, and and John was there to hear that. So yeah. Like and like what happened to that that soldier? Right. Right. His life could have been totally changed. We don't know that story. You know. But, but you but, see yeah. John and the women right. of the cross and all those things that were right. there. Obviously, they went out and they were witnesses to the faith. Mm-hmm. Right. Every one of the apostles wound up dying as a witness to the faith. Right. It was a martyr for every one of them. John died of old age. They tried to kill him and couldn't. But. But um, but my point is, like, how many people became passive bystanders at that point? Like, I was here and I witnessed this, but I'm not going to share it because of the Pharisees, because of the Romans, because I'm afraid, all of those things. And here we stand, you know, the day after Easter with that same choice in our mm-hmm. life. Am I going to be a bold witness of what I know? 
Not just to proclaim Jesus Christ to do it, but because you know now what love is and what love is willing to do. And how many people do we pass by in our life each and every day, our our wives, our kids, our friends, our neighbors, our people at work that we know are hurting, that we know need help, that are drowning in addictions or, or something we can just tell is going on. And we have the greatest news ever, right? And we've been witnesses to this, but we simply just become passive bystanders, right? We don't share what we know with people because we're afraid, well, you know, I might get called into the HR office and, hey, don't be talking about religion at work. Or I might lose a friend that goes, dude, you're getting all Jesus on me. Stop that. Mm -hmm. But that's exactly what we're called to do is to make that choice and to choose Jesus Christ above all else. You know, I mean, I think how often sometimes I feel weird at dinner, right? Out in a restaurant going, okay, guys, you ready to pray? Head under the table in the name of the Father and the Son Mm -hmm. and the Holy. We all dropped our forks at the same time, Mm -hmm. right? But here are all these people that chose to say, you know what? I don't care what it costs me. Like, I've seen the truth. And that's Jesus even says it to Pilate, right? He says, I'm here to testify to the truth. And Pilate says, what is truth? And Jesus is like, you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. Like he could have said, oh, I didn't mean any of this. Because Pilate, you could, as you read this, you start to understand that Pilate, specifically because of the dream his wife had too, was believing that Jesus like, is a holy man and he's done nothing wrong. Right. And yet he caves because they say, well, we're going to tell your Caesar you're not a friend of his. Because he's he saying he's king and only Caesar's king. So right. now you're in You're not a friend seat. of Caesar. Right, and so right. he says, well, I wash my hands of this. Right. But even then, like... Jesus knew that Caesar was like more on his side and could have said, look, okay, let me just cut me loose. Mm -hmm. But he didn't because the truth matters, right? The truth matters. And he was going to do what he had to do. That's the same thing that has to be in our lives. And that's why I love, you know, the the readings that come on Easter Sunday. You know, the first reading, there was a choice in the first one. The one we read was from Acts 10, 39 through 42. And this is Peter going out in Acts and preaching, right, after they come out of the upper room. And he says, we are witnesses to all that he did both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. There's the word witnesses right there. We are witnesses. Peter and them, they they receive the Holy Spirit. They bust out of the room and they start preaching, right? They're just on fire and they're like, we don't care what happens to mm-hmm. us, right? Because what, what matters is we've been witnesses to, uh, witnesses to something that we cannot hold into ourselves. We have to go telling people, one, because it burns within us, but two, because he commanded us to. Well, Victor, here's the thing. We can read all that and go, wow, yeah, he did command those guys to. No, he commanded every one of us Mm -hmm. to. That's what he does at the ascension, right? Go and make disciples of all nations. He's not just talking to the apostles and the women that were there. He's talking to each and every one of us. And if we don't understand that, if we don't, if we don't put that into, into the, into play in our lives, then we're not doing what he's called us and commanded us to do, which is to go out and live as bold witnesses. Paul goes on to say in that second reading in Colossians 3, one through four, he says, so if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above 
where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him. He says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things of the earth. That's a hearken back to that first reading, or not the first reading, but the first line from John 12 I read when it says, for they loved human praise more than praise that comes from God. Paul's sitting here saying, you were a witness, mm-hmm. right? Like you have seen this, you have lived this, you have breathed this, you have walked with our Lord and you claim to believe this in your life. Now you have to set your mind on those things, get it off of what you're going to lose down here, get it off on being worried about being persecuted, get it worried off, get it off of being worried about losing your job or any of those things. And now if you as you leave Easter Sunday, Go out and witness to what you've seen, not only because God calls us to, but because there's people that need to hear it, that need to be brought into this same love and knowledge of a Savior that we have. And if we simply keep it to ourselves, then what are we robbing other people of? Well, you know, as that parable says, the the treasure in the field, right? Right. So that's what the, that's what God, Christ is to us. You know, the Holy Spirit, God, the Father is the treasure in the field that we give up everything for. You know, because not necessarily a monetary thing, but it's because it is a thing that that gives you purpose of who you really are, who you're created to be, and and yes, it's scary to witness. It is. It's it is. It can be intimidating yeah. because you're saying I'm not prepared to tell about it. Someone comes back at me saying saying something I don't know. It doesn't matter. Just just talk to God as in love. Right. You know, everyone has stress. Everyone has depressive moods, intrusive thoughts, things that just just kind of terrorize their day. And sometimes just a kind word from someone who loves God comes off as as a soothing method for them, a soothing words of encouragement to keep doing, you know, keep keep progressing, keep loving, keep doing what you need to do. And by the way, there's a God that loves you. Yeah. You know, if you want to know more, I can talk about it. So, no, yeah. that's exactly it's exactly right. It's why we say, like John Paul II said, we are an Easter people and hallelujah mm-hmm. is our song. Like that's a joyful statement. Yeah. We're not meant to go, all right, Easter's over, thanks. Now we're gonna move on to you know, summertime and 4th of July and all that stuff. No, like we're supposed to come out of that tomb with joy, resurrected with Christ and and, and knowing like death doesn't win, sin doesn't win, right? Love wins, love conquers Mm. all. And so we're supposed to go out and be ambassadors and witnesses to that love and share it with the world. And this is where the world's going to change. Like, Victor, I'm tired of sitting here complaining about the way the world is and then sitting back as a scared person in my home or, or in my interactions with people because... I have the greatest news ever, but I don't want to use it because I'm worried about what it's going to cost me, mm-hmm. right? And I, I just we always go through that and go, well, I might lose this. Well, I might lose this. Well, I, it might cost me this. What are you going to say to Jesus when you die? And he goes, you were a witness to what happened, and you didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. You didn't tell anybody. And because of that, you withheld this message of love that would have helped so many people, and you haven't done what I've asked. Right. And although I want you forever in heaven with me, that's what it's going to cost you mm-hmm. because you didn't say yes, because you can go out and boldly live this way. And I'm not trying to scare people, but it's like there was a great price that was paid. And as I sat and I cried through passion of Christ and I cried when it was just me and Devaney in that church, I was like, all that has been suffered and all that's been taken and all of the pain that was, that was received by our Lord I don't want it to be wasted on me. I don't want it to say, like, not be wasted on me that I don't understand what was done, but that I don't go and tell other people, that I don't go and set them free from their chains the way that he set me free from mine. Right? And that's why we do this show. That's why we have this ministry is because we both feel called to do that. 
But how many of us out there, there's got to be more than just the few people that are on a podcast or that are out there on a stage. It's got to be each and every one of us that are standing up. And I love what Father Gallagher said in his homily. He asked us all, he said, do you know what the Greek word for witness is? And everybody was like, quiet. Nobody was going to say, I do, you know, in, in church. But he said, it's martyr. The word martyr means witness. Mm-hmm. And these people witness to the point of losing their life. And that's exactly what Jesus calls us to, right? Greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for one's friend. Well, how do you lay down your life for one's friend? By not caring about whatever it costs you or whatever you're going to lose. But the most important thing in your life is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with someone you love and someone who needs it no matter the cost. Mm -hmm. And so many people have gone before us, the original 12 and then all the people that have come beyond, between us and them now, even recently, people in the last 15 years have been beheaded overseas by ISIS that that refused, even drugged up to say things like, I, I reject God, mm-hmm. that refused to and, and, and were painfully tortured and killed. Because they weren't going to reject God, and they weren't going to do it on camera, and they weren't going to—they weren't going to go back on what they knew was the truth. And so that's what we're called to be: are these great witnesses. And you know, I just challenge people, Victor, like as you're listening to this, and as you think about, well, man, it's Tuesday, and maybe I already have moved on from Easter. To remember that we shouldn't be afraid; we shouldn't think twice about you know, about being bold witnesses to the truth and what it will cost us because Jesus didn't think twice about what it would cost him. Right. He didn't. Yeah, in the garden, was he scared? Yeah, but what did he do? Your well be done, not mine. I love that scene in in The Passion when he gets up off the ground and that snake is there and the devil's looking at him. He stomps on the head of the snake and he walks off and he says, you know, here we go. Mm It's basically what he's saying. Like, I'm moving forward, scared to death in all of it. You know what? And maybe you're scared to pray at dinner. Maybe you're scared to talk to that person at work. But Jesus was afraid too, and what did he do? He went to his father and he asked for the strength. And that's what each and every one of us need to do. And John Paul II is one of my favorite heroes because he constantly calls us and he constantly is saying, be not afraid. But he said in a quote I found today, be witnesses everywhere to the glorious cross of Christ. Do not be afraid. Be witnesses everywhere to the glorious cross of Christ. Why is it glorious? Because you can look at it now and say, look at what's been done for you. Mm-hmm. The glory of the God, full of God, fully in front of you, and the redemption of the world that is for you. Right? He goes on to say in another quote, you too be courageous. The world needs convicted and fearless witnesses. It is not enough to discuss. It is necessary to act. And that's what this call is, Victor, today is just a call to act, to not be passive bystanders that, that were there witnessing at the cross, just like those people that were there that chose not to witness, that saw it, that went and wanted to see it, but didn't tell anybody about it. There was tons of those people. We have very few that are recorded going out and sharing from that day on. Are we going to fall into that camp of passive bystanders, or are we going to become bold witnesses to what has been what we have seen in our life and this time as we witnessed it let it change not only our lives but the lives of those that are in our 10-foot radius well changing the behavior there are of our mind is 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 essential in order to grow in our faith and and that's what easter is there for many things other than you know reliving what christ did for us but it's also saying like forgive me for being selfish self-driven and and not thinking about you as I should. This is my time to kind of draw myself closer to you and assess what I need to do, what I need to do better. And and how how can I be a better witness to you, Lord? 
help me, you know, and that's that's the the reconnecting of of our faith always, you know. Yeah. It, I think Lent is, and I said this before, it's it's the the great reset of our faith. Always is. It shouldn't always be that way, but it is for for a lot of us because it's like we get so consumed with what the world throws at us, with what sticks to us, what happens, the stress, the pressures of the world, and everything else, and we we slowly forget over time that we were called to do something amazing, right. you know, and to be witnesses for God's love. Yeah, that's what I always, I mean, I think we've said it in a couple of episodes before, mm-hmm. but I love that in Acts when the disciples, you know, they go out, they get imprisoned, then the Holy Spirit lets them out of jail, and then they're back in the temple preaching, yeah. and the Pharisees bring them, they say, we don't want to kill them, but we're going to flog them, and it says, and they left singing praises of joy because they were found worthy to suffer, right? And that's how we're supposed to live as witnesses to, you know what, I don't care what it's going to cost me. Jesus Christ has done something that I cannot keep to myself. We are supposed to be, as Father says, charismatic people. Mm-hmm. The charisma is the good news, right. right? So we're supposed to be people of the good news, to Joyful. go out and share yeah. that right. with everybody. So, you know, people may say, well, how to, John? You know, don't just sit here and tell us to do it. Mm-hmm. How do we do it? Here's some things. One, I would say reflect on what you just witnessed in Holy Week. Let it sink in. If you have to, go back and and reread it. Watch The Passion of the Christ again if you need to, need to, but let it, everything you went through just convict you of the truth that much further, that I cannot sit here and witness this and keep my mouth shut. There's it was too much of a price paid for me to keep this to myself when I know there are thousands and millions, millions of people out there that need to know what Christ has done for them. And if, if they've forgotten a reminder, mm-hmm. right? So first of all, go back and review everything. If you didn't, if you're sitting here going, man, I didn't have Holy Week like that. Like I just kind of blew through it. Well, start over. Take this week and go through it as if it's Holy Week again and go through those things and enter into Jesus' passion and ask him. Ask him, Lord, take me through this week with you. Two, let your gratitude and love for Jesus overpower the fear you have about living boldly as witnesses to the truth, right? If you feel truly grateful for what's happened for you, then let that overpower whatever fear you have about speaking out about what's been done, right? Don't let yourself be a captive of fear. Live out of that place of gratitude because gratitude spawns generosity. So if you're grateful for what's been done, you want to be generous for other people. And being generous means sharing with them what he can do for them. Three, openly look for people in your life that are hurting and struggling. So many times, Victor, I go, I hear people say, I, I want to evangelize, but I don't know who, I don't know how, I don't have opportunities. Each and every one of us have opportunities each mm-hmm. and every day. The homeless person you're driving by and not looking at, the person at work that you know something's been going on with forever, but you haven't stopped because you don't want to get involved or you're too busy. Take the time to sit down and simply be Christ to somebody and witness it, not only in your words, but in your actions. I'm going to be present to you. I'm going to give you time. You matter to me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes simply those things will open somebody's heart to tell you what's going on in their life and give you that doorway to share the good news with somebody. Four, witness your 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 one life and I mean your own life and your own struggles. So there's no better evangelist than a witness willing to share from their own lives, right? There is no better witness than that. I don't care. If you can quote scripture till you're blue in the face, or you can quote the Summa or Augustine's Confessions, nothing changes someone else's heart more than somebody sitting down and saying, let me tell you what Christ has done in my life, right? right? Because no one can refute that. Nobody can argue with what you believe someone has done in your life. Right. We, all and, have, we all have shared stories of God's love right. in our lives, yeah. We all have pain, hurt, right. all those things. So take time and share with somebody. Open up and be vulnerable and just trust that the Lord's going to use that to help somebody. And again, let that shut down and put away that fear that you may have about being open about your own life. Five, 
Pray for God to give you the opportunities and presence of mind to see and act on them. Right? If you think you don't have opportunities, then guess what? Go to God and say, I want opportunities. Pray about it. And don't be don't be surprised when they start showing That's up. Right? right? Be start. ready. And be and notice, like, Lord, I want to serve you. Give me opportunities to serve, right? That word Serbium, I will serve. Repeat it. I, sometimes mm-hmm. I hit my knees in adoration, say Serbium, Lord. And it's just saying, I will serve. Give me those opportunities to do it well. Evangelize in your own 10-foot circle. Start with your spouse, your kids, your friends, your coworkers. Those are opportunities that are there each and every day to witness to, to, to Jesus Christ and what's been done for us. Oftentimes we look that over and think that's, you know, we well, need to go out there somewhere. And we miss the small opportunities that are there every day. Mm-hmm. Finally, don't focus on what witnessing to the truth will cost you. Focus on what it might cost somebody else. Because that's the bottom line. If you don't share, if you don't open your mouth, you might be the only person that person's ever going to run into that would have shared the good news with them. Don't let your fear, your worry, your anxiety cost somebody else a chance at heaven and a chance to know the love of Jesus Christ. So, Victor, I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard, but I don't want this to let, to let this be another Easter that goes by where I don't let it change my life and let it convict me again to go out and live even bolder than we already try to do in the ministry, our faith to those that are around us and God puts in front of us. So if you're somebody watching, if you're somebody out there looking right now and, and, and listening to this, look, what has Easter meant to you? What is what the Lord has done for you, meant to you? And if it has truly changed your life, then go out and let him do it for somebody else. Thanks for listening, David. Thanks for showing up, running the cameras. Angel was sick today. Always appreciate you, David, and your friendship. Victor, let's take this to prayer and pray that we can be the people and the witnesses, the bold witnesses that God calls us to be. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, thank you so very much for everything you submitted yourself to so that we could be redeemed. When we really allow it to sink in, there is no way that our hearts cannot be changed by it. Help us to be bold witnesses to the truth of who you are and what you have done for us all. And Jesus, whenever we feel ourselves becoming afraid of what being a true disciple might cost us, remind us that our redemption and our chance at eternal life with the Father cost you everything. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com. Or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.